dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Sauce. We just had a massive round eight. We're heading into round nine. So we've got a massive show lined up, a few segments and things like that. Make sure you jump on board our socials at Behind the Bound on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date with everything we are doing. Welcome, Sauce. Thanks, Pez. Massive round, as you said. We had the... Uh, the Geelong Cats get some revenge on the Tigers. We had Nathan Buckley keep his job and maybe this season alive. Melbourne continue their unbeaten record and uh, the Derby. Bit of a non-event except for some uh, jersey clashes at the end. All the old jersey <laughs> clashes and uh, I'm sure we'll get into that. So uh, you did speak about the revenge source. So you're a Cats man yourself. You beat Richmond. They, they beat you in the premiership uh, last year. Does it feel good to get revenge? Uh, no, not really. It <laughs> means nothing. It's <laughs> round eight. Uh, but you, it is good to always get a win, uh, especially on a Friday night, Pez. I was at the game. And uh, two words, mate. Jeremy Cameron. Wow. Yeah, What, he's what a recruit. And uh, Cats were being questioned earlier about their recruiting and being too old. But uh, Jeremy Cameron definitely saluted that. Uh, three goals coming in the third. Three of his six. Um, a massive showing from him. 22 disposals. Eight marks. 15 score involvements. Crazy. Um, and a huge, uh, a huge third quarter for, for the Jolan Cats in total. Yeah, so many of them playing really well. Rowan had five. Hawkins had four himself. Isaac Smith had two. You had Guthrie with 36 disposals. Duncan got over 30. Zach Tui was playing really well at 26 disposals as well. But uh, Richmond, I thought they started on fire. They were four goals, three to one goals, three. So up by 18 points at quarter time. I'm like, oh, here we go. We're going... Uh, Going ahead, this is going to be no good. And then they were only up by, what was it, about four, what, a goal or so at nine points or something like nine, that? It was nine time. points. Uh, Geelong just sort of hung around and, oh. and Richmond really didn't put them away in that first half. Um, and I, then it was ridiculous after that. Like coming out in that third quarter, watching that eight goals to one in Geelong's favour, could not believe my eyes. And then uh, five goals to one in the last quarter to win by 60-odd points. It was just uh, un-Geelong-like. But the thing I noticed, Sauce, and you were messaging me, uh, I don't know if it was through the weekend or throughout that game, but Tom Hawkins, he was actually taking marks up the ground in the centre of the square, uh, on the lead, taking the mark and kicking it out. And then you still had Jeremy Cameron up forward. So the, the big twin towers are working really well together. You beat West Coast three weeks ago by 97 points. You had uh, every single stat under the sun and you win the game 99 times out of 100 against Sydney. And you, and you lost that, that one-off time there. Uh, and then beat the Tigers, the reigning premiers, by 60 points. So they're looking a lot better than they were at the start of the year, the old uh, Geelong. Yeah, and I think it's um, some of the things that you mentioned there, Pez. It's, it's not so much the tall towers. It's the versatility of a forward line that allows you to go up the ground. And, you know, we talk about how unselfish Hawkins is, but you've got a key forward who, whenever he marks the ball within 60 metres... He's a damaging option, whether he's having a shot for goal, whether he you know, can turn around the body and sneak one to, to Jeremy Cameron, or, as you said, set up Gary Rowan. But, but any, just be on Gary Rowan, is he is he not daylights away from his best football and his worst football? Like, he, he only he oh, only he's... ever is amazing or absolutely rubbish. He, yeah. is so he either far kicks apart. three plus or doesn't touch the footy. Doesn't touch <laughs> the football like for four weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so Geelong fans, it's a love-hate relationship with him. Uh, when you're winning and you're up and about, it's good. When you're not... Uh, he's down in the dumps, kind of like a Daniel Rioli type at Richmond as well. Um, speaking about Richmond, Bolton, three goals, 21 disposals, played really well again, couldn't get them over the line, obviously, but uh, 
we'll be speaking about later on. He's taken uh, mark of the mark of the year on the on the weekend, apparently, which wasn't mark of the year. We'll speak about that. And had a bit of an incident at a nightclub. So yeah, had a very oh, had a very go. had a very busy uh, weekend starting on the Friday <laughs> That's night. That's a big in the, weekend. In the first half, he looked unstoppable, and especially with you know. Those three goals come in quite early in the game and uh, high-flying marks and he looks like he was dominating that game. And his, uh, I, I thought we were in big strife. But, uh, Great player to watch. He'll, he'll get a nice contract uh, coming up. He, but might, he might not if he keeps his uh, off-field stuff uh, yeah. under wraps. <laughs> Heading to Saturday and it was an absolutely disgusting game up at Metricon. Gold Coast versus St Kilda. And uh, Gold Coast, St Kilda down by 15 points at three-quarter time and ended up winning by nine. So four unanswered goals in that last quarter and... Uh, ran all over the top of Gold Coast, but uh, were quite disappointing throughout the day, if I do say so myself. Disappointing, but uh, they were some sort of uh, workman-like pairs. You know, Billings had twenty-five and two goals. Jack Steele had twenty-six and two goals, but they they weren't um, outstanding. They were just so workmanlike. It was just like, yep, we'll just do what we need to do to be in the game. And then the fourth quarter, they just turned it on. Um, it, it was a really gallant effort by Gold Coast, but Pez really boring game. Um, it was one goal in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. It was- 25 all at half time, but the big story from the game, the biggest probably melee we've seen uh, oh, in years. Mate, good it old. It just kept going. Good old fashioned. And Paddy Ryder, geez, did he get in there and the, uh, left uh, Sam Collins on the ground, uh, gasping for a little bit there. I'm not the old, sure. <laughs> was it Dan Butler that got, uh, I don't even know what move it was, but WWF days, just picking him up, uh, bouncing off the rope and putting him, slamming him to the floor. Oh, uh-huh. Short Sean Lemmings. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just the old uh, WWE, get the table out, uh, dropped him on his shoulder and... It, it died down a couple of times and then fired back up. I feel really bad for the umpires. Actually, I don't feel bad. Umpires, stop being idiots. Don't just stand there and say, come on, guys, break it up. They're grown men. They're going to get fined or suspended. If go. that happens, you umpires, you guys walk off. Well, it, it, anything it, was, it was a little bit hard, Pez. All 44 players on the <laughs> ground were involved in it. And it wasn't even all in the one spot. It was like they had a group of like 30 there. And then there was like three or four little spot fires around. But Pez, I like I like the uh, the the melee. I like the, the bring back the biff. I think too many times we're a, a, a media-induced world where we just sort of sit there and we, we, we you know, we cotton, cotton butt everyone and we're making sure that we're all friends and high fives and... I like a little bit of heat in it and, and, you know, more games across the weekend could have used it, especially the showdown pairs. Like, that's where you want to see that uh, those sort of malaise and those sort of passion and fight. Not a game between St Kilda and Gold Coast. Oh, definitely not. And uh, if St Kilda doesn't have Paddy Ryder in that side, he's 27 hitouts, they lose that game by about four goals very easily. Mate, Paddy Ryder is one of the most important players for you. He What he is doing as a ruckman for your, your midfielders Putting on an absolute platter, and it's a real shame that you know one his career was sort of not ended early with you know the the drug saga, but it's a shame that he has been had that you know those twelve months sort of taken away from him, as well as you know being a little bit injury induced because he has a real prospect of being one of the elite ruckmans in the game. He's athletic, he he can dominate games, he seems to just put it in the right spot, and I know you don't want to talk about this, Pez, but you know you, he can just absolutely turn a game on his on his own head, and it's not many ruckmen in the league you can say that. Well, well, he dominated against the Bulldogs in that final last year when St Kilda beat them. He got injured in that last minute. Yep. Didn't uh, show up against Richmond the next week. And no Paddy Ryder, Roll Marshall, one-two combo for St Kilda. They, they get in a bit of strife, which we've seen in the first seven rounds uh, this year. So if those two can stay fit and healthy, um, they've lost Nathan Jones as well uh, in the coming weeks. But as long as I think they're the most important players, number one, number two, Ryder, Marshall, St Kilda, they don't have them, they're no good. 
Yeah, well, it's one of those things which, you know, as a Geelong supporter, I find it crazy that teams don't go after a dominant ruckman. But we see teams that have a, a dominant ruckman, um, they get first use of the footy. And they don't need to be a, you know, a Max Gorn standalone ruckman. But those running ruckmans that are athletic, they're able to sort of, you know, move around the grounds, keep them mobile. And Paddy Ryder's getting to every ruck contest, Pez. Like, you know, he, he's he's an a, a absolute athlete. and Important goal in the last quarter as well oh, off the off the road. Always so. seems to pop up. Always seems to pop up. Very interesting. The next game was very interesting as well because I thought GWS had it in the bag at quarter time. It was six goals to two goals. So they're up by 24 points at quarter time. And then they just kept coming. And uh, it was a two-point game in the end. I don't think SNN really had a chance towards the end there because... Uh, Jetty West were up by eight and Essendon kicked that late goal. So, um, yeah, they kicked it with six seconds to go. Yeah. And the ball went forward and Essendon was like, oh, yeah, hey, come on, mate. There was, there was not many By the time the ball go. gets up and it was down, they really had one second. But yeah, the, the Giants led all probably about the first minute and a half of the game. Uh, and they got out, as you said, a lead of 30 point in the first term. And um, yeah, they sort of. They sort of never really, I didn't think, were in doubt of losing the game. Essendon sort of kicked along. Some of their youngsters, you know, looked really, really fantastic. Um, but the old, uh, the old one-two punch in that midfield of the GWS Giants, Tim Taranto and Josh Kelly, 29 touches and 30 touches, uh, both had a goal. And, geez, did they stand up in that final, final quarter when those young guns from uh, the Essendon were actually coming. Yeah, they, they kind of had to. Toby Green, uh, he's 21 disposals, two goals, two. 17 of those disposals source kicks, so... Uh, how important is is uh, Toby Green? If only he could uh, snag uh, a bit better percentage in front of goal, they'd be laughing Greater Western Sydney. But I think that's uh, four of the last five that they've won and on a, on a bit of a tear at the moment. And Essendon head home to play Fremantle this week. So they'll be uh, red-hot favourites against Fremantle. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, they will be. Uh, Finn Lason uh, had a, a bit of a... A uh, brain fade uh, on the weekend, um, getting reported and uh, facing a little bit of suspension. They won't have him for the Tigers game this week, which they definitely could have used him as he kicked three goals and um, real important sort of part of that forward line, Pez. Yeah, well, Essendon as well, Stringer's the hamstring, so he got subbed out of the game. So we'll see how he pulls up as well. The next one was the Battle of 17th versus 18th, Collingwood versus North Melbourne. Nathan Buckley's career coaching career on the absolute line and North Melbourne kind of took it up to them. Uh, Collingwood kicked away uh, in the second quarter. They also kicked away uh, towards the end of the third when North Melbourne had a bit of a comeback and North just stuck around three goal margin at the end. What do you reckon? Uh, I reckon, Look, listen to these stats, right? Darcy Moore played defence. Oh, 26 disposals, 17 marks. Jordan Ngoi played forward, six goals. Three behinds. See what happens when you play people in their actual <laughs> position. You actually, and I like, I know that it's come against North Melbourne. You know, North Melbourne have been much improved over the last month, and they are getting closer and closer to a win. But why, why are you trying to reinvent the wheel when you haven't got a list that is got talent around the ground? Play the play, play the positions. Like your key position players, you've got a key backman, an all Australian backman. You've got a small forward who's on what a million dollars a kick, basically at the moment. Jeez, we took the piss out of that last week, didn't we? And but, but, but Pez, like. <laughs> Why, why are they experimenting with it? You think that you're moving both of those people around the ground is going to start generating wins? I think if uh, Dugowie plays midfield and Moore plays forward, they might actually have lost that game to North Melbourne as well. So I think it could have cost them games uh, in previous weeks as well. Cameron was pretty impressive. He kicked three goals and uh, he, he missed an easy one as well in front of goal uh, in that third quarter. But um, Pendlebury had two and 21, so they're... They're getting the ball. They're doing those sorts of things, but it's it's Collingwood. They're really, really struggling. Second win of the year, only beaten Carlton and North. And North, you know, they got their goal. They lost by less than 60 points. 
three goals. So we'll take that as a, if you're a North supporter there, even if it is against Collingwood. Um, match of the round next. Oh, hang on, Pez. Hang on, Pez. You can't, you can't gloss over the North Melbourne Collingwood game without the worst decision oh, of the year being discussed. We Pez. can't talk about the umpires. Pez, I'm not talking about the umpires. This, this absolutely has to be one of the worst decisions of the year. And I'm not talking about Darcy Moore playing forward. You're only talking about the year? All time? It'd be close. Uh, Cameron Zerha comes <laughs> out of defence, kicks the ball forward into his forward 50, shanks the ball. All right? Shanks the ball. Literally hits, I think it hit underneath his boot. It's was pretty that obvious, of, yeah. <laughs> and it dribbles out of bounds, and the umpire is called deliberate. The reaction from everyone, including the Collingwood player, <laughs> picking up the ball, sort of like handed it back to the umpire, and the umpire's like, no, 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 it's deliberate. You've got to be kidding me. We've got to, we've got to get clarification about this rule. And I don't like it, Pez. I don't really don't like the you know insignificant attempt to keep the ball in. What are you talking about? What there, are you talking about? There was one up at the Gabba, Lee Montagna one, where it hit the corner of the the center square and bounced like forty five meters on an angle out, and that was a deliberate one. And it's been happening for a long time, but the insufficient intent thing is is what gets me. And I I actually sit there and understand it a little bit more than the last few years of when they're going to call deliberate, except for that one from Cameron Zerha. That was just... I've never seen it being called going forward into the forward line. You're going forward. You're trying to get the ball forward. The the ground source, if you haven't noticed, is oval, and it actually goes in when you kick it forward. Like So the boundary line actually comes in. So if you kick the ball straight and it bounces straight, it's going to go out if you kick it down the boundary line. So The other thing that's oval... The is, ball? Is the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so when it hits the deck, unlike a normal round surface ball, it could go left, right, up, up, down. It can go any angle. And I just think that those ones are so indecisive, yet you've got a defender who comes along, no attempt to keep the ball in whatsoever, punches the ball, spoils it straight out of bounds. Like, surely that's the same thing. Surely that's more clear of uh, not trying to make a significant intent to keep it inside the, in the on the game going. Yeah, it's... Uh Worst worst one of the year. Let's hope that that is the worst call of the year and they don't get any as wrong as that. I really enjoyed Saturday Night Source. We had Melbourne versus Sydney down at the MCG and, uh, geez, Tom McDonald kicked four. He took an absolute ripper mark in the fourth quarter to pretty much put the game out of reach because Sydney just kept on coming. They've got fight. They kept going. Buddy, he was really quiet. He... He got a bit towed up by Stephen May. He was uh, really good in those one-on-one contests, but he couldn't get space off him off the lead to, you know, kick the ball out in front of him and have shots and goal and things like that. So I think Sydney did really well. They were really impressive. But Melbourne, uh, having Ben Brown up forward as well, uh, has, has really helped them because he's taken a couple of grabs inside forward 50 um, and their forward pressure is elite, one of the best in the competition at the moment. So Melbourne keep rolling undefeated. Great game at the MCG. Yeah, and they've got Sam Wiedemann who's sort of stuck in the VFL. Uh, he's probably coming out of that in a couple of weeks. Uh, so it's going to be an even more potent forward line going forward. But Melbourne, unbeaten, as we mentioned in the in the, uh, in the intro, Pez. They, Sydney are impressive to watch. And uh, I think that you talked about Stephen May then locking down Buddy Franklin. But I actually don't think it's Stephen May, Pez. I think it's Sydney that are locking them down. You've got a 36-year-old man, one of the greatest players, one of the greatest forwards that we've ever seen. And he can't get any rhythm because he's one game on, one game off, one game on. Like, what they need to do is they just need to play him three or four rounds, get him into some form, all the SCG games maybe, and then he'll be able to to get into some form because 
everyone has a you know a shagger every now and then where they don't get any possessions and they just get beaten on every possession. But he's going to be out this week. Like, what? So he's going to? How's he going to go find some form? Yeah. Well, his his efforts there because he had five tackles. So. He's actually running and chasing, and you saw that uh, on the vision on Saturday night. So the efforts there, that's going. If he doesn't have to be the main person anymore, that's fine for Sydney. They need to not kick the ball up to him too high when he's got a great defender on Stephen May because in the one-on-one contest that they did have source, uh, Stephen May was able to get the ball to the boundary line or get the ball to advantage of his runners like Salem and things like that. So um, there's a few players. Rowbottom's been really impressive for Sydney since he uh, came back. Uh, when you talk about Melbourne, uh, I think McDonald was one of the best on ground. Petrarca is always... Petrarca, 28-1. and one, like uh, he, He'll probably get up a... It was probably a quiet game for him, but yeah. now the umpires know he's, that he's in contention for Brownlow. He'll he's going to have to get votes. one or two, yeah. Callum Mills was fantastic. I thought 33 disposals, 10 tackles. I thought he, you know, six clearances. He really led the way for, for Sydney. Yeah, and I think another man is Christian Salem. He's improved out you're of sight. All, you're all over Salem. I, I've been over, I was all over him last year as well. <laughs> I love the way he kicks the footy. And uh, in, a, in a Melbourne side that's actually rolling and kicking the ball to their advantage up forward. He's not turning the ball over as much anymore and he's actually hitting those targets and building his confidence and running forward sometimes and uh, having shots at goal and things like that. So Melbourne, pretty impressive. I'm not a believer myself, Source, still. Uh, I'm not sure about you with Melbourne. Where do you sit? Um, I was sort of thinking about this during the week, Piers. We, we, we were sort of debating about them last year about, you know, they were dominating all the stats and they just weren't able to get their skill level right. Their skill level now is, is pretty decent, but has it improved in terms of their actual use of the footy or are they just getting better options? You know, and that sounds like you know a bit of a mixed-up sort of statement, but I don't think that their game plan has changed. I think that it, it, you know they, they're floating on cloud nine at the moment. Their run has been pretty good. They've, had, you know, they've beaten Richmond in a time when they're down. They beat Geelong when they sort of had a couple of injuries out. They had no Cameron, no Dangerfield. But eight, no Piz, you you got to put them as a contender. That they, they wouldn't, they're not going to miss finals. They need to be a threat, and I, th- I think that they're potential top four. Yeah, of course they're potential top four if they're. Oh, but uh, I, mean, eight, I, mean, no. I mean, like I, this list, like this list, the way they're playing. I really do not believe um, they're going to be too much of a threat in September at the moment. But um, prove me wrong. Uh, Melbourne and Melbourne supporters and things like that. You head over to the Derby, as you said, and a, a few bits of controversy uh, leading up to it during the week. And Port Adelaide came out in their teal jerseys, and the first half was pretty pretty mellow and pretty low scoring. You had Port Adelaide two goals in each quarter, and Adelaide only kicked the one goal for the half. So uh, they weren't up by too much at half time, but they kicked away uh, in the third quarter and the second half there, kicking eight goals to four. So Port Adelaide won by 49 points in the end. Really, really comfortable win. Easy win, but the controversy happened after the game in this. It did, most definitely. We definitely will get into that in a moment, Pez, uh, in our next segment. But uh, slippery conditions and uh, the eliteness of uh, Port Adelaide, Travis Boak, Robbie Gray, Ollie Wines, all your, your, you know, your veterans doing what they do. Carl Heyman. Isn't he good, mate, Pez? The, the, oh. the little bull, mate. He's, he's amazing to watch. He's racking up 20 disposals here and there. And he, you know, we, we still forget that Port Adelaide, you know, two weeks ago we were talking about them being unimpressive and not a contender, but they just get the job done at home. They need to sort of build that consistency away. They need to have, you know, those big wins against big teams. This week will be a big test for them against the Bulldogs. They need to win one or two away because then they can get top two. If they play two home finals at Adelaide Oval and get into the Grand final, anything can happen on grand final day. But Carl Amon's kind of taken that position of Zach Butters at the yeah. moment, who's been out. So it'll be interesting to see how it works when Zach Butters comes back in. What's really impressed me about Port Adelaide is Charlie Dixon. Now, not his performances, but just his selflessness of 
leading out. You, you, can, you can see he's not actually leading towards the ball sometimes. He's letting Marshall or Georgiatis pop up because uh, they've gotten the second and third tall defenders and Port Adelaide are, are going in with that tall forward line. And then they've got the, the men on the floor like uh, Fantasia and Robbie Gray can go forward. Carl uh, Amon can even go forward and kick a goal as well. So their forward line's really impressing me. Travis Boak, probably the most important player in that midfield. We saw when he was out against Brisbane. They really, really struggled in that midfield. But having Boak and Wines and Amon and, and these sort of players delivering the ball forward to players like that. And Dixon isn't as selfish. He, he doesn't have to kick six. He doesn't care if he kicks a goal at all uh, as long as they get the W. So that's a, all, always a good thing. Yeah, most definitely, Pez. I think the way that they were structuring their forward line and just sort of put trying to put it on top of his head definitely got exposed during that Geelong final. And they've restructured that and they're allowing these young forwards to get in there and... Um, you know, really do some damage, which is good for Charlie Dixon because that's what you want to see because we love we love big Charlie Dixon you know, forward <laughs> pairs. But uh, do you know what I would have liked to see from Charlie Dixon? I would have seen uh, like to see him. I like to see him fire up Pez, and uh, that's what I expected from some of the Adelaide boys. There was a huge tackle. Scotty Lysette, um, who's been given a four-week ban on Ned McHenry, sorry, knocked him out, basically. And during the week, they were talking about how the showdown is, you know, definitely more brutal and more passionate than the um, the Western Derby, but no one really remonstrated. I think well, one guy went in there and sort of gave a little push, but <laughs> a little bit disappointing. That happened early in the game, too. That's what you want to see from that fire and that belly, and uh, the GWS and Essendon really put them to shame in that one. Yeah, you could have brought them up a bit more, and Adelaide impressive at the start of the year, showing their true colours, as we said last week, and uh, really uh, letting themselves down and letting themselves go and showing that they are a bottom four side. Uh, speaking of bottom four sides, we've got Hawthorne next, and uh, this was a bit of a non-event game. We kind of knew what was going to happen, but the first quarter was absolutely unbelievable. There was eight behind scored in at source. There was no goals. No goals at all from West Coast or Hawthorne. And then West Coast said, we've had enough of this and came out and kicked seven in the second. So, ugh. Yeah, the, the Eagles' first time that they've won back-to-back games this year and it's good that that came away from uh, from SBS Stadium or Perth as, uh, what do they call it up there, mate? SBS Stadium? SBS Stadium, right, right. yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you, as you said, they, they did the Hawks by 38 points. Um, but I think everyone forgets the Eagles have been disappointing, but, geez, they have been hit with some injuries and uh, it doesn't get any better for them. They've, they've had a lot of uh, a lot of outs. They're, they're, they always are good at the G and I think people forget that, Pez. When they say they're away, they don't win away from home. They're playing against Hawthorne. They still win at the G, though, Piers. They always win at the G. Unbelievable. Um, Archie kicked four. Kennedy, he kicked one, but he went off with a calf, which is the big news. So he won't be uh, in for this week. But they do have Adelaide over at home. So a couple of opportunities to rest up for a couple of weeks for some of those players and hopefully uh, get back in because they are riding there ready to try and compete for that top four spot. 100% pairs, but one of the benefits of having two tall timbers there, Jack Darling, as soon as he, uh, as uh, Kennedy went down, Darling stepped up. He had nine marks, four contested, four of those being contested, kicked two goals too, and just continually giving the Eagles an option all day. And uh, when Andrew Gaff has it 38 times and eight inside 50s, well, uh, makes his job very, very easy, doesn't it? Oh, speaking about disposals, Tom Mitchell, 41 uh, disposals. What did he gain? 250 metres, something like that. He's going backwards, <laughs> this bloke. What's he doing, the Brownlee medalist? Uh, yeah, it'll be debated in a long, long time, Pez. Is he one of the the worst Brownlee medalists? Oh, well, you got Shane Woden, Adam Cooney. Oh, you put Adam Cooney in there. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we better move on quickly to the uh, Bulldogs game there, Pez. Otherwise, we will get uh, all the Bulldogs fans up in a roll over there. 
<sighs> the Carlton supporters don't want to be speaking about this one. They would have at three-quarter – well, not at so much at three-quarter time. I think they were a bit nervous at three-quarter time. But before that, just halfway through, they're up by about 26 points, Source, and they were looking good. Betts had five. Mackay had four. Um, they were looking absolutely fantastic. Walsh, as always. Doherty was really good in his use of the ball uh, off the back line there. And Pitnet was just dominating the ruck with no Stefan Martin, who was a, uh, a I'll say a laid out, but he wasn't really a laid out because they don't yeah. do the team still the day before, and no English as well. So they were really dominant there for three quarters. But then Bontempelli oh. and the Bulldogs turned it on. They kicked eight unanswered goals, and it was pretty embarrassing in the end for Carlton. Very embarrassing. And as you said, uh, Bontempelli really took the game by a scruff of the net, not, not just in that third quarter. He sort of put his stamp on the game throughout. He had 32 disposals, 10 clearances, and eight tackles. Um, but that was one of his best games of the season. And especially when the Bulldogs come from behind, keep their uh, record 7-1 and one intact, the Bulldogs look good, Pez. Uh, again, they haven't beaten anyone yet. Um, you know, they did what they do, and they got a lot of the disposals. Um, McRae had 32, Liberatore had 27 and 13 clearances. Uh, and Josh Bruce, Pez, your man, five goals. And, 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 you know, they weren't playing North Melbourne, so that's a big win for him. They weren't playing North, so Brucey gets five uh, only against uh, Carlton there. So it must be just blue and white team. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on, but um, yeah, he's he's only spot cemented his spot for finals, which is really good for non Bulldog supporters, whoever plays them. So uh, well done for that. But Bulldogs, they have dropped one massive test for them this week, heading over to Adelaide Oval. It will be a huge test, and uh, well, Bulldogs have only played one team this year, a contender in Richmond, who have uh, dropped off the the ball a little bit. They lost that one. They're playing another contender and another team that has uh, that trouble of playing big games against contenders. So it'll be a real, real test there to see uh, both teams' true colours. Mate, you know who's missing from the Bulldogs team? Riley West. You see the news during the week. Scotty West uh, just goes bang into Bevo. Your mate, Scotty West. Not my mate, Scotty West, (laughs) Pez. He was the way he wanted to fight you that time at Basketball Pez, where uh, Pez was coaching against him. Yeah. And and Pez, I don't even know what Pez said, and uh, Scotty West walked across and wanted to... Dropped the C-bomb. Hey, but after the game, he he brought us a snag, basically. said we were good blokes. (laughs) Wanted to to be mates with us. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Scotty West. I don't know if that's a good uh, or bad one, but... But to the news story, uh, jumps on social media. I don't know if that is the real Scotty West. But, uh, um, apparently, it's all in the news at the moment. So yeah. apparently, it's been confirmed. But I wouldn't be doing that as a Bulldogs legend. I wouldn't even be doing that as a father of a child. You're getting paid to play AFL. Yes, you can get dropped. He's, he's actually called out Jason Johannesson within it as well. And he's trying to defend uh, Josh Shackey for getting dropped as well. So it was really, really strange for mine. Uh, I think if he was to know that it would have come out and what would have happened, I think he wouldn't have done it, surely. Yeah, I mean, for people who don't know, it's an interesting sort of way to to, uh, to attack the coach. You know, he posted on uh, social media, I think it was a Facebook post on the, the VFL. He said, uh, that's how you manage young players. Yep, he's my son, but seriously, you make him wait for five weeks, all of excellent form and stats in the VFL. You play him against the best team of the last five years and yep, didn't play well, but then you drop him. Absolutely disgraceful management. Big, big, big call. But did any did you watch the game? Big call. Riley West did not play very well the week before. No, but they were playing the top team pit. So, oh, so give him a free pass. Yeah, There's free no pass. free passes in AFL, mate. Oh, the Bulldogs like, have them every time they play a oh, good side. Scotty West, if that is actually you, mate, uh, pull your head in. That's no good. Um, uh, I mean, it's a, big, it's a big call for you. Riley West has played ten games. Yeah. like what, what are you what are you talking about? He's got an earnie spot. And, and do that. You head to the last game of the round source. Another non-event where Brisbane 
won by 24 points in the end. Charlie Cameron's on fire early with uh, kick three goals for the game. McCluggage was really good uh, on the wing. Daniel Rich is always down back. Jared Lyons in the middle and uh, just got the job done. Yeah, that's exactly what that was to summarise, Pez. Just got the job done. Charlie Cameron could have had eight goals. All of those snags were on a silver platter. He just needs to take his time. And I'm actually, you know, I'm hoping that he doesn't uh, put it together because... Three goals, five. Geez, he's damaging. When he, when he's on, he is on. And it's just the amount of pill that he gets. Um, If he just took his time and actually stopped these, you know, blazing away sort of shots, as I said, you know, he, he should be averaging five goals, especially with that delivery into the forward line. But, you know, the, the, this, as you said, walk in the parks. Sort of stuff for Brisbane. McCluggage was grouse. Jared Jared Lyons had 30. Uh, the skipper for the day, Dane Zorko, he had 21. Uh, and Brisbane, they just were in control this whole game, even though it sort of got close towards the end. But uh, not, not really, really in doubt. But Fife, he's got to get something done about his goal kicking, doesn't he? One goal, three. Uh, something's going on there. He needs to... I don't know what he needs to do, but someone help him out, please. Yeah, I think the, the biggest problem with uh, Fremantle at the moment is that their best player... Has gets heaps of heaps of it, but he can't kick. So he so it's not that he can't kick, but he's not giving the delivery. And then you've got someone like you know Sonny Williams up forward, who is their second best player, and he can't get the ball. So they just need to work out that sort of pattern. Uh, and because they're they're not in trouble, they're they're, they're cruising along quite nicely. Fremantle they're, they're sort of not the underachievers of the year. They're gonna they're gonna win fifty percent of their games, but they need to snag some of these. Um, and they definitely, as we said last week, they believe that they're a shot to, to, to make make their finals, about to say playoffs then, Pez, yeah. uh, about, to, about to, to, to make finals, then they need to start getting some of these wins away from home. Yeah, it's always winning, like that with the state the ones teams, is not enough. They beat Adelaide over um, at Adelaide Oval, but... Not convincingly. Uh, you know, if they are going to be a finals team or actually have a chance to make finals, they actually have to win in round nine. They play uh, Essendon down here. Yeah, big win. Um, so they're, they're a better list than Essendon, I would say. If they were playing over at um, Optus, they would definitely win that match against Essendon. So they actually have to win this match to keep their season alive this week. Yeah, big, big round of footy pairs. Speaking of big round of footy pairs, there was a lot in the news this week and uh, it wouldn't be fair to the, the news stories this week if we didn't actually bring back one of our favourite segments. And we say that about all of them, pairs, but they, you know you've got a sweet spot for this one. Hashtag. Oh, 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 this is interesting. It's a main event in any stadium in the world. Hashtag going viral. We only can't go with him. Hashtag bleep, bleep, bleep. That's all, folks. Rioli can't go with him? Rioli? Who said Rioli can't go with him it's there? A different that, that's still Rioli. That's, that's not, not Daniel that's Rioli, not Rioli we're talking about. Because that, that's the first one. Shay Bolton had a, a Ripper Friday night. We mentioned it a little bit in our little uh, post-round post eight show just then. Um Shea Bolton took the mark of the year. We're not talking about that yet because he went out on the town with Daniel Rioli and their girlfriends, went out to a nightclub source. Uh, there was something derogatory said about Daniel Rioli's girlfriend and there were punches thrown. And I don't actually know how, but Shea Bolton apparently fell over. He's broken his wrist and it said he was out for about three weeks. So a broken wrist, three weeks. That's a little bit strange. It mustn't be snapped or anything, but... Probably just a um, hairline fracture. Bit of a fracture there. Um, Daniel Rowley showed up to training during the week with a black eye and uh, two stitches underneath it as well, and a bit of oh. a bruised look. Uh, and it's not good because, so apparently, you know, something was said from uh, someone, a patron of the venue. Rioli has stepped in um, and has then been punched, uh, and then Bolton has tried to intervene. Now, maybe that's what's happened, Pierce. Maybe he's gone in and he's tried to grab someone and tried to pull, you know, pull the the, the gentleman off each other and uh, sort of strained his wrist. But it's not a good look, and it's it's one of those things where. 
it's really hard. Brendan Gale sort of came out and said, you know, we don't want players to be doing that, but at the same situation, it's good that to see them standing up for, for those sort of things when people are being, you know, treated um, unfairly. But it's not a good look for the for the game, Pez, and I, I, I'm a little bit torn on this one, and I'm interested to hear your hashtag. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now, my thoughts on this source, uh, AFL. some people have said AFL players shouldn't be able to go out. They've, they've got lives like everyone else. Or they're meant to be able to go out on the town, enjoy a few drinks, do whatever. Now, we know in clubs and bars, there's always those people that take it a little bit too far and, and want to fight for whatever reason and, and throw punches and things like that. So um, AFL players, I would imagine, would get targeted a little bit with oh, uh, easily. Some, some banter, <laughs> some uh, pretty nasty things said towards them sometimes. So they'd be pretty brave going out and being able to cope with that. And Jack Watts came out during the week saying, um, and I'm sure he would have copped it if he went out with uh, his one, performance from his pick, number one yeah. draft pick. Um, but I, I think that AFL players should be allowed to go out, um, should be allowed to stand up for whoever. And they, they just can't be stupid enough to throw punches and things. We've had the one punch campaign as well where uh, people can, you know, get killed from from the one punch if it lands in Especially the wrong Especially when spot. you're looking at elite athletes versus, you know, Joe Blow who's had a couple yeah. too many uh, too many sherbets. Joe Blow just wants to tell a good story to his mates and saying, hey, I got into a fight with uh, Daniel Rioli, gave him a black eye. How, how good is this? He's probably doing that now and, that, uh, and that's wherever he is. With, that's the thing with the black eye is like, you know, you would like to think that, you know, the AFL players are a little bit more resilient than Joe Blow and uh, he's probably copped a mouthful first then copped one in the face before he's even put anything back to this gentleman. And yeah. uh, even still, uh, there's no there's no details of him punching, so still showing restraint, Pez, but hashtag? Uh, no, nothing uh, too exciting, but uh, just hashtag pull your head in because if you're a patron at a, at a club or a pub, you, you don't need to be doing that. You can ask for a photo or something like that. Don't And derogatory words towards his girlfriend. I don't know if it was just because he's an AFL player, but derogatory words against anyone is unacceptable. All right? So you just... You just can't do that, so just pull your head in. Yeah, mine is uh, hashtag Richmond strong because uh, <laughs> I think that they need to be stronger. Um, you know, they are trying to um, repair, I guess, uh, a culture, and I think that if Richmond had lost the premiership last year or didn't make the AFL grand final, those whispers around the um, Richmond culture really would have been to, brought to the forefront. But as we know, winning premierships definitely um, overstates the um, off-field indiscretions but uh, they just need to be stronger and they need to work hard to to fix this culture because they've got a tough game this week against the Giants Pairs. if they drop that after this week and you know not having some of those players available with all the injuries so far the, as well the whispers are going to keep going and it's not going to be because they're out of form and the three premierships that they've won aren't going to mean anything if uh well they are in in the long scheme of things but in terms of this season they're not going to mean anything and uh it, the culture can unfold very quickly as we know yeah, culture unfolds, but some sometimes culture is uh, a big part of a club source. And uh, in the next one, with the uh, prison bar jumper, there's culture involved in this. Yeah, so um, really, really cheeky by the Port Adelaide uh, power here. And I'm going to say the Port Adelaide power and not the Port Adelaide magpies because uh, as we discussed last week, we talked about whether the Port Adelaide should be allowed to wear their prison bar heritage jersey against Adelaide like the original contract had said with Collingwood. Collingwood obviously don't want to wear the black and white stripes. They are the only black and white striped team is there. There was huge debate during the uh, the week and the AFL came out and said, Port Adelaide, if you wear your prison bar stripes, you will forfeit the game, you will be fined and you will lose four points. So they went out, they smacked Adelaide and in between the race from the grounds to the rooms, 
Pre-planned, obviously. Obviously pre-planned. They sing the song in the prison bar stripes. So, Pez, hashtag for this one, own thoughts as well. Oh, well, thoughts on this one is uh, I didn't like it. I I did not like seeing it because uh, I don't think it would have been a player movement, even though Travis Boak has come out in a press conference in the prison bar jumper and said, oh, we love wearing this jumper for the club. The players there at the moment absolutely have no heritage towards the club unless they're just drafted there and they were drafted to the Port Adelaide Power and the Port Adelaide Power have made their own sort of thing and the Adelaide listeners here might get into me for this I don't you know understand a lot of the Port Adelaide Power heritage heritage but I do know that when they came in they agreed to be teal and they agreed to wear that jumper so I think that's the jumper they should wear I don't necessarily agree with Eddie and how he has carried on for years about it Um, but singing the song in that jumper and making a massive deal out of it I think it just made him look stupid and uh, just let Collingwood have their black and white. You make your own heritage and make your own thing and worry about this season where you've actually got a big chance to finish top two. Worry about trying to win away from home instead of doing stupid things like this. But we mentioned Eddie McGuire. We've got David Kosh who's been a bit of a tool. Um, so hashtag UFC, Koshy v Eddie. Oh, who wins that, Pez? Eddie knocks him out. Oh, yeah, good old Brody yeah. boy. Yeah, Eddie no, knocks Koshy, him out. Koshy, Koshy... Gosh, he would fight a little bit dirty. He's got a little bit of run about him. He sort of, he's always niggly. He sort of pops up and about. He's, I think, I think he'd have um, size and, and reach wise, he'd have Eddie because Eddie's not not a tall bloke. But I reckon Gosh, he'd have him. Ed, Eddie's got the weight behind him. That's the only reason yeah. I, I, I say the, Eddie. The, mil, he, the million dollar question. He goes for Collingwood, so he's probably been in a few brawls in his oh, time. Well, he grew up in Brody. Yeah. Uh, mine is uh, hashtag side by side because I think that in this. <laughs> I think side by side, when you put these two jerseys there, Collingwood versus uh, Port Adelaide, if they're going to be cheeky about it, be real cheeky about it and do it against Collingwood. If you want to make a proper statement and you really believe in this, put your money where your mouth is, lose the four points, don't be soft cocks about it. And that's what they've done. They've, 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 they've done the old finger to Eddie Maguire, but realistically, it means nothing. No. Uh, they, they've spent 64 years in these jerseys in the um, in, you know, in the original uh, NSA, NSA NFL. That wasn't even their original colours, Pez. Their, no? ori- their original colours were blue and magenta. And the only reason they went to the black and white is because they couldn't get the magenta dye anymore. So they went to the black and white. Oh, so like, I, yeah. Only because I, I was researching about <laughs> what the whole hell, hell, you know, why the prison bars. And it's, it's yes, it is heritage. Um, yes, I think it's important that clubs, you know, retain the heritage and the history. There are other ways to celebrate it. You knew the deal when you came into the the AFL. You know, the original contract that they had to come into the AFL wasn't the original tender. Put it on your banner or something. Put it on your banner. They've got the they've got I think they've got the magpie. They used to have the magpie in the back anyway. That that's enough. You don't need this. You know, um your your all your merchandise is basically black and white now. Like I, I like the idea. A, pre- a precursor to the Koshi versus Eddie UFC octagon fight. Have Collingwood versus Port Adelaide when they play next. Play them in round one. To just play them in those jumpers. So there's a big clash. Put the umpires in black and white as well. And whoever wins that match, they get to they, they get what they want. They should do it every year and they should play round one. And whoever wins it, one team has to wear the black and white and the other one has to wear like an all green jersey. <laughs> like the, green, the green and the magenta. Something like. stupid. Let's do something and, and get that tradition started. Let's definitely do that, Pez. All right, on to the last uh, hashtag, Pez. Um, oh, it's been a big week for Richmond, Pez, because this one here, we talk about the mark of the year controversy because we, as we mentioned, Shea Bolton took one of the grabs. I was actually, one of the grabs of the year. They were talking about it. Is it the best mark in the goal square? I don't think so. I think that... Uh, Moorcroft. Moorcroft or even... Um, 
Mark of the century, Steve Smith. Um, but Pez, I was at the game. I was right. I had cracking seats for this game. If you like it, and balls thrown at your face, <laughs> literally round one. But I had a great view of this. But uh, because of the popularity contest, Pez, uh, and the way that the AFL does their voting system for Mark of the Year, did not get nominated for round eight. And uh, Brody Majek. With a pretty stock standard specky, got up with a popularity contest. Oh, it was a good mark, Brady Mycheck. And any other week, that's going to be a mark of the week. But Shea Bolton's was obviously better. And obviously, his little controversy had something to do with that. Uh, the commentators were even saying when Brady Mycheck took the mark on the wing there, they said, oh, he chose the wrong week to, to jump up there and get the mark because he's not getting mark of the, the week this week because uh, Shea Bolton on Friday night took mark of the year. But they were wrong as well. Uh, well, the AFL actually put the number one play as uh, Shea Bolton's mark, and guess yeah, what number two strange. was? Brody Majek's yeah. mark. So they've done the one-two punch, and then they've gone and go, here you go. Because yeah. uh, as we as we said, um, it was because of the, the voting, uh, player voting for the, the spectators. Collingwood had a big following. Uh, good news, Lopez, he is still eligible to win mark of the year because at the end of the season, every <laughs> week's nomination, apparently the media also nominate another five oh. marks. So there's actually 28 marks nominated. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's that's not a rule. When does that ever cut? Whenever, when does that Look, ever happen? He's taken the mark of the year, which will he's probably be the it. mark of the year. This is going to be silly with the AFL so when he silly. wins the medal on Brownlow night, and then Brody Majek actually beat him in that round. So a bit of a joke and a bit laughable. So hashtag laughable. Oh, mine's hashtag AFL. Make a decision. Yeah, this is something that we're always talking about in the AFL to take can take some um, ownership and be transparent about what you're talking about and what you're doing. Stop all this bullshit. Giving it to the fans. Vote the fan vote. Fix the umpiring as well while you're at it. Yeah. But speaking about uh, making decisions, source, we have to make some big decisions coming up. Well, we made the big decisions, and uh, here's our bet review. Review. It's no official review. Oh, here we are, Source Bet Review uh, on Twitter. You are very happy sitting over here. Uh, a lot of green ticks I see, and uh, the fans were all over Source's bet slip on the weekend because uh, you've come out of the water. You're on the island. I'm definitely on the <laughs> island, Pez. We've been talking all well, all year about how I can see the island in the horizon, Pez, and uh, round eight, round eight, I uh, arose from the water <laughs> Like like Aquaman throwing the the waves down. I was hoping it was uh, Tom Hanks from Castaway. No, no, no. I think he, he dies in that. Doesn't he? <laughs> Maybe you'll be Castaway uh, by round fourteen when you're back out in the ocean no, with no, uh, no, your no, ball mate. Wilson. I'll be back out in the uh, the ocean, ready to conquer another island, Pez. After <laughs> I conquer yours, but enough of uh, talking about how good I am, Pez. Let's hear about how well you did. Yeah, well, uh, not not overly well. I, oh. I had a winning week. Uh, both had profitable weeks, which is always good. Uh, but we speak about the first game. Uh, I had a three-leg same-game multi. I had Richmond minus 13.5 and, and minus 7.5 in the same game and an under 174 points. Uh, no good with uh, Geelong absolutely piling on the goals and Richmond not winning after that big first quarter. So 25 loss there. Yeah, I had my bonus bet in this one, Pez, and uh, I was looking pretty Mickey Mouse with Geelong taking that lead in that third quarter. Cameron Guthrie had 35. I only needed him for 30. Tom Atkins, though, made me sweat right up until the second last kick of the game Ooh. where he got his 15 touches. But, hey, a win is a win, Pez. And uh, I was very confident, as I said last week, Pez. I had a $5 bet, and I whacked down 25 to a 
nice hundred buck return. That's a that's a big one with that Geelong win. You'd be uh, wrapped in that. You would be really angry at Tommy Atkins if he if he did something and cost you there. Uh, we head into the Saturday GWS versus Essendon. Now I thought I was in for this when GWS were up by four goals at quarter time. I had under 190 points as my third leg, and uh, they just kept kicking scores, kicking scores. They ended up scoring 212 altogether, so they beat it by 22 points in the end, which was no good for me, and $20 lost again. Yeah, that seems to be your trend, Pez. Uh, so get you listen, get ready for that, uh, viewers, unless he puts the max on, he loses in this round. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I had, um, <laughs> that was my cheeky, and I wasn't far off the cheeky, Pez. I had GWS 1 th- to 39, as we know, got up. Lockie Ash to get 20, he did that. Uh, Toby Green let me down, though. Two goals, two. Two goals, two. So you he had the four, four. shots, uh, and one of them, uh, came, he was pretty quiet during that second half. But anyway, that's a loss for me, Pez, but I'll wear that one because uh, I get do a bonus get a bonus bet, bet yeah. which I have used very wisely this round. Very good, yeah. Um, Sensing some confidence in coming up in round nine. Confidence, baby, confidence. The next game was uh, Gold Coast versus St Kilda. This is a bet I was confident in. I put my bonus on it. Zach Jones to get 20, he got it. Max King to get two goals. Now, he only got one, and St Kilda to win by minus 14 and a half. Max, Max King, the one he kicked was the hardest set shot that he had. He had another two set shots. One of them was really, really easy, and Max King, he's, he's starting to do that this year where he just he's lacking confidence and misses those goals. So if he kicks two goals there... The other one gets up and the bonus gets up, but uh, lost the bonus from the week before. Yeah, I had my bonus just on St Kilda to win at $2.07. As I said to you, Pez, I thought that was crazy good odds. And uh, twenty six seventy five return, free money. <laughs> free money, and uh, it means you didn't lose your bet from the week before. You've you actually won ripper. it back in a little bit more, which is good. Uh, the next game was North versus Collingwood. I had a no bet. I was much the same, Pez. It was too hard to pick, and... Uh, as we said, North closing in on that uh, line. They're getting closer and closer. That was that was unbelievable. The line was about 22 and a half yeah. there. And uh, North, with that last goal, were able to get under it. So if you were on the line there, you would have been sweating either way. Uh, Melbourne versus Sydney was next. Uh, I had no bet. I was much the same, Pez. I was exactly the same, actually. Not much the same. Uh, very unpredictable. Sydney looked good throughout. And they probably could have... Uh Stolen it from Melbourne. They did look a little bit dicey in that last quarter. Yeah, Tom McDonald, a, a massive mark, as we said earlier. Um, Port Adelaide versus Adelaide. Now, this one for me, Sauce, had 20 on it. Uh, Dan Houston to get 20. Carl Amon to get 20. He had 27. Robbie Grady kick a goal. He didn't. He had 26 touches. So he played more up, up the ground in the midfield. But Dan Houston, he also went off uh, on 19 disposals for all the punters out there in the third quarter, six minutes to go. Got subbed out. So yeah, only needed one more for that would have cost a lot of people a few multis, I think. It would have most definitely Pez. Though. I just went with a little two legger and a very confident with this one. Mac chucked the maxim on it. I had Port Adelaide at seventeen and a half. I wish I'd uh, chucked that up a little bit higher because that line for some reason was extremely juicy and I had aim on to get twenty and as you said, he did that very easy. So dollar eighty odds, walked away with ninety five return. Nice one there, Sauce, because usually you put the max on and you're a bit nervous to put the max on. I am and, normally uh, a little bit. There you go. You had a win on the max, so that's good. Um, I put the max on the next one, and I thought this line was the absolute best bet of the round. Easily. West Coast minus 11.5. They were the best bet of the round the week before as well, when they're minus 4.5 against Fremantle. Uh, the max 50 on that for a nice $95 return. Yeah, if you remember, Pez, uh, last week's show, I actually had it originally at 12.5. I could have put it at 24.5, and, and I still would have <laughs> uh, been loving life, but I had the max on that one as well, 11.5. That was back-to-back maxes for me. As I said, great round. Great round from the source. Yeah, very is. We've still got a couple of games to talk about, source. We got still the Bull- coming, mate. The Bulldogs versus Carlton. I thought uh, it was a good start for me because I had Bulldogs 1-12 to 12 at halftime and I thought they were going to get there, but Carlton actually led by 12 points heading into halftime. So that bet was dead at halftime for me. My uh, $10 cheeky gone. 
$10 cheeky gone, Pez. Uh, and this one, I was a little disappointed with this one because I did say it was money for VBs, but Ooh. Adam Trelaw let me down. Let me guess, Dill's Dill's been on Instagram. He's messaged. He has been on Instagram. Updated the stats. Uh, Updated the stats. I was hoping for that uh, six out of nine, which would have been very nice. But uh, five out of nine. Five out of nine. But I'll get that back this week, Pez. Anyway, Alex Keith, my man, he had fifteen disposals, as we know that he does in his sleep. Tommy Libertore (laughs) had twenty, but uh, Trelaw got stuck on twenty-three, and he was there for a long time. Yeah, when Carlton had that domination for a little bit and just really had hurt. a lot of the footy, there was no no pill for Bulldogs there. The next game, Brisbane versus Fremantle. As we said earlier, non-event. I didn't have a bet on it. Yeah, I had a, a I had a really uh, an interesting one trying to win my bonus back heaps. I had Charlie Cameron to kick two, which he did. Zach Bailey to get fifteen, he did easy. that very easy. Uh, and Daniel McStay. Had him to kick a goal in the first half. Yeah, the wrong half. Source. Had the wrong half. He kicked one like basically the start of the second. <laughs> I was very upset because he had a couple of shots in the first uh, first half that didn't make the distance and one uh, hit the post, I think it was, you or just, it sort of dribbled through. But you just need him to mix stay home in that first half, but yeah, he played up terrible. the ground a So that bit, was uh, a loss for me, but I didn't lose any money, Pez, so I kept my ROI nice and tack. Well, that's good. I had the uh, little pick-your-own-line multi oh, next source. It's good, It's good. Now... Yeah, had a bit of a go on me last week. I put the max on it because I was confident in it. Listen to these lines. GWS plus six and a half, always safe. Port Adelaide plus six and a half, always safe. West Coast plus six and a half, always safe. And then Brisbane plus five and a half, always safe. So put the max 50 on it, return 90. All good. I thought you had Richmond in there. Have you looked at the bet slip? No. I, I feel like that. I wouldn't have had a go at that last week, Piers. I think you're making rubbish up uh, because I had a win as well. <laughs> the actual <laughs> screenshot of the bet slip is in there. Yeah, I just I, well, I must have been paying attention. I'd already tuned out. I'd already been talking, thinking about all my winnings that I was going to do this week, Piers, because when you put a source multi down, I just get excited and uh, because it normally does turn up chocolates and uh, mine was no different, Piers. I had Geelong plus 20 and a half. Oh, that was so good. Oof. Melbourne plus 25 and a half. Port Easy. Adelaide minus 15 and a half and Easy. West Coast plus 21 and a half. Easy. 25 on that, uh, $56 and one cent return. Jeez, hashtag source multi. It's uh, getting in there. Listeners, get, get around Piers, the source around multi. It. We'll see what we've got coming up in round nine source. When we head to... Uh, your ROI for the year. I'm sure you're excited to talk about this. Very excited, Piers. Round eight, I staked $185. A massive return for me, $392.76. A ROI of 112.3.3. That's amazing. For the year, I've staked 1390 so $1,390 and return $1,582.24. In the, in the profit. I am in the green. I am in the profit. And what is more impressive for me is the ROI is over that 10% mark and closer to the 20 is what I am aiming for, 13.83%. Pairs. And just, that is only going to go up there. I'm really, I'm really happy for you sourcing that round because uh, you don't have the little minus next to you. No. Overall. Uh, just fires, mate. So little fire emojis. I saw you put that on yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the social media managers up and about, Pairs, yeah, and they you, should be. You're ready to go. He's happy with the little fire emoji. I, like I hope that more can come out. I round eight. I I only won two bets as we saw. I did have a positive round source. Uh, what stake one seventy five, return one eighty five and thirteen cents for an ROI of five point seven eight percent. So kind of disappointing, but I did win my max bets, which is obviously the bets that you're most confident in. I've staked one thousand five hundred and forty for the year, and I've returned. In, if that goes away, $1,847.72 for an ROI of 19.98%. Just a couple of cents shy of that 20% mark. Pez, we're going to get there this round. I can feel it. I'm, I'm so excited, Pez. I'm not even going to let you talk. Let's get straight into our bet slip. The fact 
that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting, getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on, on Maxi, do you want? Do you want some as well? And I, I said... Source now. I've done my homework this week. Um, you'll be happy to hear that now. Can you press that specials button? Cyril takes a special and goes bang. Now, usually, um, as you've been saying, Source, I've been a little bit slack, but because being banned from points bet and sports bet and things like that, and not actually having access to the the things, it's it's no good. But the punters out there have it and they love it and they've asked for it and and it's back. Source. So we've got the uh, the specials for the round. I'll, I'll go through them and actually my bet slip. Just a pre-warning, I've taken advantage of some of these specials because uh, the old alternate account is back. Now, uh, Friday night game, kick a goal in the first two minutes. So Geelong versus St Kilda. I actually really dislike this one. I, I don't like it at all. If you head-to-head uh, for goal in first two minutes, you get paid out. So usually if you're going for the underdog to kick a goal in the first two minutes, not very likely to happen there. You've got all matches this round, a three-plus leg AFL head-to-head multi-source. So three legs, if they're all head-to-head multis, you've got a bonus bet back if one leg fails, which is uh, decent. The next one, all matches this round, three-plus legs, same game multi, up to three refunds per match. So that'd be a fan favorite there for sports bet. We've got tab. We move over to tab, AFL head-to-head multi-special, four-plus legs, one fails, you get a bonus back. Uh, Their same game multi-special is only one a day. You've got the St. Kilda Geelong game on the Friday, Richmond GWS on the Saturday, Melbourne versus Carlton on the Sunday. You head over to Lads and Neds. Now, I've been disappointed with Lads and Neds uh, in recent weeks, Source, and I have said that. They they kind of bring their specials out later on in the day before each game. So you've got $2 lines on um, Friday night, St. Kilda versus Geelong, if you if you like one of the teams on the line. Uh, you've got the mega multi, which you can look at. It's NRL and AFL combined, and you can have four-plus legs if one fails, or six-plus legs, and you can have two fail. Uh, don't really love it. And Ned's is the uh, same company, so they've got the same thing, but they've also got the St. Kilda-Geelong same game multi, three-plus legs. Where it's at this week's source, and where you have to take advantage of is... We don't really love them here, and we try not to speak about them, but you have to this week. Um, points we bet. We, we don't have to. Yeah, well, I, I have to because I've actually gone the alternate account for uh, the couple of these bets because the odds are ridiculous. I'll ban him. <laughs> Get him banned. I'm already banned from points uh, bet. That uh, username is Perez69. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perez underscore 60. No, 68. 68, 68 yeah. Uh, St. Kilda, Kilda versus Geelong. So for Geelong to win between one – and 100 points. Well, that's unfortunate for you, Pez, because they're only 120. <laughs> and Tom Hawkins to kick one goal. It's paying three bucks. The only uh, downside is the max stake is 25 bucks. And uh, if it does win, you'll probably get banned as well from promotion. Yeah, but take advantage, yeah, take take advantage for the one week. And the other one is Melbourne versus Carlton. So Melbourne to win by one to 100 points. Now, they are playing against Carlton. I do think Carlton have a, have a chance to win source and so a bit of an inkling on that. But you can't not take... Melbourne one to a hundred points and Petrarca to get ten, t- disposals, ten disposals for three bucks. That's you put them in a the same game multi in sports bet, you get nowhere near that. You're getting about a dollar forty. Yeah, and like twenty five dollars at three dollars return, you're returning fifty bucks. That's that's amazing. That's that's awesome. So I've got them two in my bet slip. There you go. There's two already. All right. Well, Pez, uh, before you spoil everything, and Pez, you know what? 
I'm proud of you. Proud of you for doing a little bit of work. It was, it was good there. I got a nice little breast. I was got to hear about all the specials there, Pez. Uh, it's it's really good when you do hold up your end of the bargain of the podcast. All right, speaking of holding up the podcast, Pez. I'm talking about my bet slip. We're head-to-head this week, Pez. Your Saints versus my Cats. I mean, I don't really care about the game because we're going and we're just going to enjoy some frogies. <laughs> but we do have to do the right thing by the punters. The Saints, $3.25 outsiders. Geelong have firmed as favourites $1.35. The line is minus eight and a half, 18 and a half, favouring the Cats at Marvel Stadium. Under 168 and a half is the over-under total pairs. Seems really low for Marvel. Yeah, it's really interesting, this one, because you've got um, Caulfield. He's been omitted by Brett Ratton, so that's uh, interesting for mine. Zach Jones uh, has been injured out for around eight weeks. Dara Joyce omitted, and Mason Woodu actually played last week, which is a, a North reject. Uh, he's been <laughs> omitted, but not really omitted, if you know what I mean, because you know how they get omitted if they were the medical sub. It's it's stupid. Um, James Frawley comes in for his debut to play on Tom Hawkins. Tom Highmore comes back in. I'm not so sure about that. And then Seb Ross back in the midfield after having twins last week. I think because St Kilda have Paddy Ryder and Roel Marshall, they can actually, you know, keep up with Geelong for a couple of quarters. But yeah. Jeremy Cameron, uh, Cameron Guthrie, Mitch Duncan, Sam Menegola, they scare me a lot uh, at, at this ground tomorrow night. So no bet for you, Pez? Oh, my bet. I already said my bet the, yeah, with the points right. bet promo. Geelong 1 to 100 and uh, Hawkins to kick a goal at 3 bucks. Yeah, love that bet. Love that bet. Uh, it's a shame that it came with a rubbish of a bet can company. You, can you... Put no, it on. I'm not going to nope. talk about it. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's get on to mine. I had a same game, three-leg multi. Uh, just small odds of $2.60. Geelong to win. Guthrie to get 30, which he's been doing in the first half, basically. And Tommy Stewart, my man, he gets 20 disposals every single week. That one there is money for VB's pairs. Start, oh, start straight deal, off on deal. the call. Note it down. Then I'll make it six from 10, and I'll be sitting at a nice little 60%, uh, and that'll give me a nice little return of now 65 put the bucks. money for VB's up on your cats in the first game. Yep. I... Is there only one around? Is there a rule happening here? Is there going to be a trend or are you going to have a couple? As, uh, when you're as good a punter as I am, <laughs> oh, up this week, oh, you no. can do what you want. Uh, but speaking And of listeners, teams, this is where Sauce goes in trouble. He gets a bit of confidence yeah. up, stakes at 200. Uh, and, uh, I'm a confidence we'll player. I'm a confidence <laughs> player. And uh, right now, I'm seeing the basketball ring <laughs> as a hula hoop size, and uh, there's just going to be counting buckets, Pez. So let's get into the Saturday game. We've got the Sydney Swans taking on the Collingwood Magpies, the SCG 145 time slot. The Swans go in as favourites, $1.29. Collingwood, the outsiders, three sixty four. The line is huge, in my opinion, minus 21.5. The over-under, 168.5. Yeah, uh, Sydney are uh, going decent. Uh, Tom Hickey... In the rack, they impressed me last week against Melbourne on the MCG, and uh, we don't know if Budweiser is still going to be in or not. Uh, if he's out, it actually benefits my bet, I think, because I've got a three-leg same-game multi with sports bet. They've got every match, every round, as we said in the specials, so uh, one leg fails, get a bonus back. Tom Papley, to score two-plus goals, doesn't he love to kick a goal when he gets up and about? He uh, he loves to look at the camera as well. Uh, Chad Warner to get 15 disposals. I thought he was pretty good value, uh, Chad Warner. sometimes yeah, dollar, for, dollar 30 I think he was. Sometimes yeah. for 20 as well. Uh, but uh, 15, played a bit safer. And Callum Mills to get 20. He's uh, moved up into the midfield. Going forward, he kicked a goal uh, last week as well, which was uh, pretty rare for him. But 20 bucks on that, paying $2.60 and uh, would return 52 if it gets up. That's a nice little bet, Pez. I uh, don't mind all of those because if those happen generally, uh, my... Uh, Cheeky! 
Oh, going to get up, Pez. And uh, I've uh, put my bonus bet, my bonus 10 on that. I don't know if that's a rule with that or not about uh, that, but I did have a bonus from my last cheeky, so I'm reusing it there. That's fair because it was your cheeky? Yep. So um, I said that the line was a little bit small there. I definitely think it's small because it should be up at about 60 and a half because the Swans oh. are going to win this big. You haven't gone at minus 100 again, have you? No, no, no. I've just gone Sydney uh, 40 plus, which you can get oh. three bucks on your own. Jordan Dawson to get 20 or more disposals. Isaac Heaney, our man, Pez. To get two or more goals. You hope he gets them before he does his hamstring or something. No, he'll be right. <laughs> and uh, I've gone, the, the thing that's made a little bit cheeky is this in its own. <sighs> um, you can get $21 for this, Pez, uh, t- between no, what's tw- going on here? 23 and 24 goals. So I haven't left the margin for error that big, but it is a, um, a bonus bet. It is my cheeky. That gives me odds of $31.50. Jeez, that's tough there. You want to win by <laughs> seven plus goals and... You only want 23 or no, 24 play, goals in the match. They're going to play Darcy Moore forward. And <laughs> <laughs> you, you hope so for your sake. You're just throwing that bonus up there. And oh, it, was really, it, was, it was really hard trying to find um, a bonus bet and trying to find it Cheeky. Up. It will um, get up, Pez. Don't you worry about that. All right, we've got the... Um, Oh, this one, people are touting this is the, uh, the 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 true owner of Tasmania. The loser of this game will actually officially move to Tasmania. We've got <laughs> Hawthorne versus North Melbourne, the 2.10 um, time slot on the Saturday afternoon. No one will be watching this, even the Tasmanian patrons for UTAS. I think it's a Hawthorne home game. They'll uh, be closing their eyes because... This is going to be a tough one, but somehow the bookmakers have made the Hawks the favourite at $1.33. North Melbourne outsiders at three thirty-seven. The line is 20 and a half and the over-under one sixty-two and a half. Yeah, well, uh, Utah Stadium, as you said, not, no interest in this game, so let's not talk about it for too long. I'll just uh, cheeky jump on a cheeky down in Tasmania, put a little bit of interest in it. I've got the quarter time line. I think North Melbourne come out at their home ground firing. It's not. Even, their, it's not technically their home ground. I, I know it's not their, it's home, their home state. Home state, <laughs> home ground, whatever we want to call it. Home Plus state. four and a half quarter time line. So just to be there and abouts at quarter time. The total amount of goals to be under 23 and a half source, so not your 23 or 24 like your Sydney game, but it can be 23 goals, 22, and so on under. Um, maybe there'll be six goals scored in the game total, I don't know. <laughs> Luke uh, Davis-Uniac to have 15 or more disposals. He's decent as well, about $1.25 to get 15 because he's been out of form and uh, North supporters were very excited about him at the start of the year. And then Jarman Ippi at the, at the back line there to get 20 Plus, he's about $1.28 by himself. So that gives me $5.75 all up. And I made an error, Sauce. You might like this error. I'd, I've broken the rule. Why would I like this rule? I didn't put 10 on it. I'll, put, I'll put 20. Okay, well, uh, half of that winnings will go to me. So <laughs> yeah, that's just part of the rules. Uh, no, Pez, that's fine. I'll let this one slide. Uh, it won't really matter anyway. That's a pretty horrible bit. Uh, I've gone uh, with this one with Ned's uh, the try bet. I like, what I like with Ned's is you can do the try bet minus 15.5, minus 24.5, minus 39.5. Um, either team to win by less than 24.5 uh, points is is absolute bargain. Two bucks you can get for that, Pez. And I've put 25 on that one, so I don't really care who wins as long as it's a close game. You think um, it's not going to be a blowout? I, don't, I can't see it being a blowout. And not many goals are kicked there anyway. For the punters out there, Sauce, if you don't like the uh, either team by 24 or whatever that, you can actually pick your own line, and you can pick your own line twice. So you can go Hawthorne a plus and North Melbourne a plus, so you can uh, you know, make your own little try bet if you want, just for the punters out there if they're interested in that. Yeah, no one is, Pez. Uh, not for you anyway. Not with your advice, with the way you're betting at the moment. All right. Uh, had, <laughs> how many winning rounds have I had in a row and you've just come out? and oh, Pez, stop living in the past, mate. <sighs> I won't live in the past. I'll just uh, 20%. <clears throat> are you at 20% now, are you? Yep. No, you're not. <laughs> I am. I thought you were a little bit shy of it. 
point zero two percent. What number is in front of the two what, cents? What, yeah, what, is in, what number is it? Nineteen? Is it in the nineteen in front of that? At the point something? Nineteen, still six above you. Thank mate. you very much. All right, Gold Coast versus Brisbane in the, the uh, Q Clash, as it was touted once, and it should definitely not be touted as that again because that's a horrible name for, for the derby. That's a great name. Terrible, terrible. All right, we got the Suns Outsiders three dollars eighty. This is at Metricon Brisbane. Uh, the clear favourites dollar twenty seven. They've been in ripping for minus twenty one and a half. For me, Pez is quite low the way that Brisbane have been playing. Over under is one sixty one and a half. Yeah, really low uh, line there. I think Brisbane can uh, cover that pretty easily. But I've gone uh, a, a little bit different there. I've gone the same game multi with Sportsbet, obviously, because they've got the the special. I've got I've gone wire to wire, but I've actually had to do it in four different bets because they don't offer wire to wire in the same game multi. So I've had to go Brisbane quarter time leader, half time leader, three quarter time leader, and head to head. Mm-hmm. So that actually gets you more than the wire-to-wire by itself and gives you insurance if that was to happen. And then I've gone uh, Jack Lacocious. I couldn't believe his odds. Uh, 15 or more disposals there. Added him in. $2.50 all up, uh, which I really like. I put 20 on it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there, Pez, um, especially when you can find the value in that wire-to-wire. And it's it's crazy when you actually do a little bit of research into some of these bets and you put them together in some of these same-game multis that you can actually get some better odds there. Um, I've gone, um, if, just just for the punters out there, if you want some absolute, um, some, some real, real um, value, any of the um, Gold Coast 15 or more disposals, you've got Markoff for $1.20, Lockie Weller for $1.22, Lacocious for $1.25, uh, Will Power $1.25, it starts to get a little bit rich then, but the, all those players have been averaging close to 20 in most games, so if you don't, Mind the uh, the Gold Coast units inside that midfield and coming off that back line, definitely chuck them in. And that's what I've done. I've gone Jack Lacocious to get 15, Markoff to get 15, and Charlie Cameron, who's been in ripping form to get two or more goals. That gives me odds of $2.40, and I've put 25 on that one. Oh, a few of those little uh, 15s again. You like the little 15 disposals. I do. I'm, market, I'm glad they're back. I'm glad they're back. I really enjoy the 15 disposals, Pez. Uh, it's not too it's, – it's not – I thought you would enjoy them too because it's not quite 20. All right, let's get into the uh, next game. The probably game of the round. But he pulled you off the island, (laughs) you drown in the choking with water and seaweed all over. Big test for both clubs. They both have so much to prove. Port Adelaide taking on the Western Bulldogs. Dollar sixty four favourites for the home team. Port Adelaide, the Outsiders, two twenty seven in the Bulldogs. The line pairs is minus six and a half at a dollar ninety, of course, and the over under is one fifty four and a half. Now, we don't know the teams yet, Source, obviously, but I do like power in this game. I think Bulldogs, they've had a good run, but I don't think they're up there with Port Adelaide, especially away from home. Port Adelaide have been able to show that they've been a powerhouse over at Adelaide Oval. So uh, I think Bulldogs can keep it close. So I've gone, uh, instead of just going Port Adelaide 1-39 to by itself, I've used the insurance with uh, Sportsbet as well. So I think they'll be leading at halftime as well. So I've added that in there. And to lead at three-quarter time and then win 1-39, to uh, it gives me $3.20 for those three legs, Sauce, and I put 20 on that. Not a bad little leg there, Pez. I've gone Port Adelaide. I liked the line of minus 6.5, but I went to uh, Tab and uh, did my pick my own line. Minus 7.5 gives me $2.10 on its own, you little ripper. So I put that in with a three-leg same-game multi. Carl Amon to get 20 and Ollie Wines just to make it three Jeez, legs. Tab, they've got, the, they got the better lines, don't they? But they do. They do with the pick-your-own line. So uh, I love that. Um, and that gives me $2.40. As I said, I only chucked the other two legs in there so I can get a little bit of insurance, but put 25 on that one, Pez, as I normally do. Yeah, very good. Heading to the, the Sunday games, which is... Uh Always a bit tough on the, on the Thursday to head into the Sunday games. But Essendon versus Fremantle, 
I've got some big thoughts on this one, actually, and uh, interested to see what you say. Well, first I'll say the lines, Pez, and the, the odds. Uh, Essendon come in favourites, which I'm interested in that one in its own mind, is $1.64. Fremantle, the outsiders at two twenty six, which I think, Pez, is extreme value. Minus 6.5 is the line. The over-under is 176.5, Pez. You're interested in my thoughts. I think you can already hear it through uh, my, my notes there. I think Fremantle are a real shot in this. Essendon have been impressive as of late, but they are still very young. Fremantle, this is a game that would have circled on their calendar about a month ago. This is a game that they need to win. It's at Marvel Stadium, so it'll give them a real shot. It's a smaller ground. They like that. They like, like playing at Marvel. They've won there before. This is a big game for Fremantle. Yeah, absolutely massive. They've only won once away from home this year, which is at Adelaide Oval. Um, I was going to bet this. I, I've already put it in the bet slip source, and I've already made the bet. But I don't. I don't know if I like it now because you seem to like it as well, which is not always a good thing. But I'm going to have to go with it because I don't believe in Essendon. I tipped them as a bottom four side source, and they've lost I think three games this year by under a goal. But they deserve to lose every one of them. So stuff them. Um, Fremantle. I've got Fremantle to win at the 226. I've added in Tabernacle to score two or more goals. Not great odds, but I've just put it in for insurance because if Fremantle do win, Tabernacle has to kick at least two and then Tabernacle to kick any time goal scorer as well just for that added insurance. So if Fremantle win and Tabernacle kicks one goal, I'll get a bonus bet back. So that's why I've put that extra one in there. Source gives me $2.50, put 20 on it. Good little bit, Pez. Um, while you're talking about Essendon bottom four, just a shout out to all those knobs who are treated us poorly in the uh, pre-season shows when we put Essendon and Collingwood down in the bottom four and we got called idiots and people that don't have any idea about the uh, the season. Have a look at the fixture, guys. Have a look <laughs> at the ladder. Round eight, round eight sauce. No. Come on, you're calling them out already. Calling them out. What did you call them? Knobs. <laughs> uh, I'm steering clear with this one, Bess. <laughs> Listen, you have one win, one winning round for the year and you, you're up and about. <laughs> Absolutely ludicrous you are. Yep, that's... Uh, you got you got Car Adelaide who are probably going to drop drop down below one of them. Nah. No, they'd still be bottom four. No, well, they'd be bottom five. No, who? Essendon and Collingwood. If Adelaide dropped below one of them. Nah. <laughs> North Melbourne's going to go on a big winning streak. <laughs> all right. Yeah, good job, all you knobs out there. Yep, knobs. All right, let's get into uh, the unbeaten Melbourne Demons come in heavy favourites against the Carlton Blues. $1.30 for them. Three fifty-seven outsiders are the Blues. Minus 21.5 is the line over under 162.5. Pez, you already sort of alluded to here that you like the Blues. Tell us why. Yeah, I, I just... Um I don't know if I believe in, in Melbourne yet, which is really bad. The Petrarca's great. Their forward line uh, is much improved. And the, the reason I kind of lean towards Melbourne to win the game is one man, it's Cozzy Pickett, excitement machine. And he didn't kick a goal last week, but uh, he's just always there and about and always in the right position. But I can't even go on the Carlton line or, or bet what I think is going to happen because uh, points bet, I just have to go with them there. Uh, Melbourne to win by 1 to 100 and Christian Petrarca to have 10 plus disposal, 3 bucks, 25. So points bet, you guys are you guys are idiots anyway. And uh, ban, my, ban my Alton account. I don't, I don't give a stuff. Yeah, and it's really funny the way that points bet do this. They put these sort of, um, they put these lines and re- like you know where there is a clear favourite, but this is clearly a danger game. I think Carlton ha- have been a team that has been disappointing. They've ha- played some really tough teams earlier on, and they haven't been impressive. They have been impressive for three quarters of the game. So I think it's a, a danger game for Melbourne. They're unbeaten. Carlton definitely will be hunting them, and that's why I've gone with Pez. Carlton to the halftime line plus twenty plus ten and a half. Ed Kerner, Ed Kerner to get 20, and Harry McKay, who looks like one of the best forwards in the game as of late, him to get four. He's been doing that weekly. 
five buck odds, Pez, and I put twenty five on it. Jeez, not even, not even cheeky or anything. You've just gone five buck odds, and it's cheeky for a sports bet to have a ten and a half line for a team that is playing pretty decent football for half a, half a game. Yeah, interesting what's happened, but uh, well, there you go. We've got one game left, and it's a it's a bit of a nothing one. A dollar nine, I think the Eagles are. Eagles play Adelaide. You are correct, Pez. The line in this one is 40 and a half. Uh, Adelaide is $7.50. Uh, the over-under is 172 and a half. And Pez, me for, me, for me, when there is a line that sits minus 40 and a half, unless I'm doing a cheeky and unless I'm being a little bit silly with Geelong, I'm not touching a line of minus 40 and a half for a team that is, one, very, very inconsistent depending where they're playing, and two, riddled with injuries. Yeah, it's it's a bit tough, especially, especially on a Sunday night game that we don't have the teams for. It'll be interesting when you have to make the call uh, in the coin toss, so I'll see where you head there and where I head. But I've got no bet in this game, but I have included West Coast in my uh, source multi coming up next. I love the source multi, Pez. Tell, let's let's just let's keep you talking about how good I am by uh, telling them about the source multi. Why are you not having a bet in this game? No, no, no way. I said that. No way. I'm not, no. not touching that game. All right. So my source multi. I've got a four legger here. We've got Sydney. Plus two and a half. I think they'll beat Collingwood anyway. Just that little bit of extra insurance. Melbourne plus, uh, sorry, North Melbourne plus 41 and a half. So I'm trusting in North not to get blown out by uh, 42 or more. Brisbane plus seven and a half. I think they beat Gold Coast anyway. And West Coast minus six and a half. I think they win that pretty comfortably. That gives me odds of $1.92. And I've put the max on it again, source, 50 bucks. Very nice pairs. I've gone with a source multi. Would be rude not to uh, as well. I've got Geelong plus twenty one and a half. GWS plus forty and a half. Port Adelaide plus eighteen and a half. Carlton plus twenty four and a half. And West Coast minus sixteen and a half. That's five legs. That's three dollars seven. And I've put twenty five on that one, like I have done for a majority of my bets. I don't think I stacked the maximum this round. Oh, after getting two last week, you're just playing it a little bit safer, so I don't know what you're doing. but no, Just trying to spread the love around. Um, I only put one max on this week, which is a little bit rare for me, but I had no uh, coin left in our $200 limit. So uh, with the with the points bet specials, I, I just have 50 bucks there as well. So no more room to move. No more room to move, Pez. Only one more thing to do, and that's to get into our coin toss. It was a toss of the coin. That fight wins the toss. All right, Pez, we keep this short and sweet, just like your lead over me uh, was for the Lions, now that I've <laughs> taken the lead. So it's just short and sweet. It was short-lived, Pez. We'll, we'll talk the about, update first. You have to talk about that from, uh, or round was it, round eight. Um, we had three different, and you won them all. Uh, North Melbourne kicking the last goal to get them over the line in the Collingwood line. You had Geelong on, uh, in the first match, of course. Being a Geelong supporter, you're a flog and always go for Geelong. <laughs> and uh, the Carlton line as well, which uh, they played well in the first half and were able to keep it to 16 points. So uh, Bulldogs, eight goals in a row at the end wasn't enough. And uh, you got caught up by three. So you caught up two and uh, took the lead by one. So it's against you. So I'm not too worried in round eight. Uh, Pez, round eight, I told you, that's where I get my eye in. I got nine in the footy tips. I've got uh, three. I got basically three out of three ahead of you. Seven out of nine. In I basically the, got in all my bets. Tipping. I got my, all my bets right. Uh, and this is where I got my eye in. Three quarters of the way of the season, and I'm in. And 
And good luck listeners, listeners good luck of the show me. over previous years, this is where Source just goes downhill. <laughs> yeah, because the confident, he, he not overconfident. To, he has to be confident here because he always comes in uh, somber and uh, upset do, with I his do. bed slip. I don't, I don't, I'm only confident this week because I normally don't get to last that long uh, in, in terms of the confidence. But as we said, short and sweet pairs. You've got to pick a winner. Head to head in the first one. Let's keep it interesting. Minus eight and 18 and a half. Geelong is the favourite. Uh, Geelong Geelong for me too You soft cock Alright Sydney versus <laughs> Collingwood Minus 21 and a half uh, Swans Swans for me too Hawks North Melbourne Minus 20 and a half In favour of the Hawks North North for me as well Gold Coast Brisbane Minus 21 and a half uh, In favour of the Lions Brisbane Yep Non-event for us <laughs> I'm going for that one We're not, not against each All other right, Richmond versus GWS Minus 11 and a half A lot of people are loving the GWS line I, I like Richmond I like GWS in this one, Pez. And actually, I originally had in this one, I know we just uh, talked about Oh, keep it sh- short. And no, well, this is not about the line, but I originally uh, put 25 down on um, GWS when they were $3.80. I'm considering cashing out for a, a nice little profit of $4. You didn't put that on the pot. No, I didn't put oh. it on the pot because I couldn't work out whether You could have put it in and cashed, cashed out. Cashed out and been $3 up for the round mm. already, but not to be. All right, Port Adelaide versus, $3. <laughs> Port Adelaide versus Western Bulldogs, minus six and a half. Uh, it's an interesting line here. I think they've got it right. Uh, I think Bulldogs yeah. can keep it close, but uh, Port Adelaide for me. You think you think that's the right line? Oh, I'd have about nine and a half. Yeah, I was going to say I'd have it a little bit higher. I'd probably be sitting more than 12 and a half. I like that line at minus six and a half. I'll be definitely jumping on in the personal. Essendon versus Fremantle, the line minus six and a half in favour of the Bombers. Yeah, Fremantle all day. Oh, 100%. That is a great line, plus six and a half. Melbourne versus the Blues, minus 21 and a half pairs in favour oh. of the Ds. It sounds like you're going towards the Blues, but... Give me the Blues. Yeah, I like that one, Pez. The Blues will get that win. Uh, and they can probably do that for minus 21.5. West Coast versus Adelaide. Really interested in this one, Pez. Minus 40.5. It's a big line. It's a huge it's line. It's not even minus 39.5. Like, if nah. they win by 40, you still lose. It's like a dollar ninety for a you know, minus 40.5. And, and Jack big, Darling to kick six. West Coast. Big win, little win, plus. Pez, is like $2. Like yeah. <laughs> Eagles. How many have we got different? One. Yeah, I'll go the West Coast Eagles as well. That way, it's still going to be yeah. oh, <laughs> it's gonna be down, not going to be down next week. So I'll take the Eagles in that one. You got any coin tosses for me? Any extras? Uh, am I going to be up by a hundred? <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. All right, I've got one for you. Yeah. Um, you have to choose one, obviously. Yeah. Yep. Uh, fully black banana or fully green banana? Which one are you eating? Oh, fully green. Fully green? Yeah, I wouldn't touch that. It's black. a bit uh, hard and chewy there when, it, when they're fine. green. I don't, they? like, I don't like the mush. It uh, reminds me of just baby vomit. All right. Well, there you go. There's my uh, little coin toss for the week. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Pez. Uh, for all the listeners out there who are still listening despite the uh, <laughs> banana tails there, tell them where they can find us on socials and tell them what to do when they uh, while they're listening to the pod. Uh, you've got at Behind the Bound. Get to us. Get in our uh, DMs there uh, like Dill does every week. Slide uh, into our DMs. Slide into the DMs and uh, give it. Let Sauce know when he's uh, had a really poor round in round nine. and no, uh, We won't hear from any of the listeners, Pez. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into you. So uh, I've been Pez. Peace out. Yeah, make sure you rate us on iTunes or whatever podcast you provider you do listen to. Leave us a comment, five-star review. That way they can find uh, other people can find it. Make sure you tell your mates. Make sure you... Are you still going? I'm still going, mate. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm supporting, the, <laughs> I'm supporting the show. I'm still Sauce. We'll catch up next time.